Damn Fine TV would like to take a moment to thank our amazing patrons. You continue to blow us straight out the way with your ongoing love and support. First up, big thank you to Alyssa, Alex, Craig, Patrick, Ivy, Norman, Coral, Mitch, and Jen for your continued support. You are all such damn fine pals. Agreed. All right, well, now for our newest member, Michael. All I can say is that Michael is pretty great. 10 out of 10 is how I would him rate. Listen to his show. It is called The Center Cut. Plenty of great dad jokes and some insights, but mostly animal penis jokes. Ooh, you know him. He's all for eating pussy. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and just so everyone knows, uh, Michael specifically requested that we sing to him. And so just anybody out there, if you want us to come up with a song for you, we will do it. We will do anything, I think, for these patron shout outs. So I mean, do, do you not hear the lyrics that were just <laughs> dropped on y'all just now? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that was, that was fun. Thank you to all of our amazing patrons. We love you guys so much. Here's to many more months. Yes, thank you. A lot of that's going to get cut just so you guys know, well, but you know, <laughs> cut all of it. This was just meant for us. That's yeah. why I said this isn't going anywhere. As in this oh, is just a, okay, okay, for, okay. the four yeah. of us talking. Yeah. It's for I'm, our eyes only. Yeah. Yeah. All British eyes only. Okay. There you go. I have no idea where this will lead us. I have a definite feeling it will be a place both wonderful and strange. I'll see you again in Chelsea. Have yours meanwhile. Manufactured for a purpose. I'm Jasmine. Hello, everybody. I'm back online. I'm Patrick. Hello. I'm Tyler. And spray painting all my shovels gold. I'm Mel's. Welcome to Damn Fine TV's Twin Peaks Rewatch. This week we're covering The Return Part 3, sometimes known as Call for Help, or as we're calling it, The Mauve Zone. Listeners, it's time once again to contemplate the absurd mystery of the strange forces of existence. So let's rock. This episode first aired on May 28th, 2017. It was written by Mark Frost and David Lynch and directed by David Lynch. Well, as you heard in our intro there, we do have two thirds of the Barkhouse Boys with us tonight. Welcome back to the show, guys. Thank you for having us. Yes, it is truly, truly a pleasure. <laughs> always a the pleasure is ours tyler yeah always oh sure. that's that's true sorry about dave uh dave had this in his calendar day for a long time and um i'm out of here just couldn't make it just couldn't make it <laughs> calendar wow. dave uh -huh. sorry it's oh, calendar dave okay 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 sorry okay. that's what i meant to say uh-huh sorry yep. we're gonna have to circle back to that later 
I'm going to make a note of that, of that usage of that word. Okay. Um, sure. Yeah, well, I'm very mm. sus. I'm very sus. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I'm somehow going to move past this, but uh, yeah. So Dave was Good supposed luck. to be here. He's he's here with us in spirit, though. He did send along some clips that we'll play throughout the episode for everybody. But let's let's get right into some overall thoughts. But actually, wait, before we do that, I do have to make sure of one thing. Tyler. Yes. What episode did you watch? <laughs> Two. Oh, Part two? Okay, Perfect. good job. Good job. Yay. You are on par with last episode then, and that's all I asked. But what else? Yeah. But did you watch the next one as well? <laughs> I went straight to four. Oh, oh, yeah. Just doing the even good. numbers this time around. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be an interesting way to watch it. Let's hear your overall thoughts then, Tyler, because maybe we can figure out if you watch the right episode from those. It's weird. Yep. It's, I don't know. I. I'm still confused by the whole mode zone and the Dougie just in general. I need to know who he is as a person. Okay. Like not, the real Dougie? The real Dougie. And then I need to know more about uh, his dynamic with Jade. Mm-hmm. We all want to know more about that. Yeah. The realtor, the sex realtor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This episode moves really well for me but it's definitely in true twin peaks fashion creates a lot of questions and what the fuck am i watching Mm -hmm. and why am i watching it and why would you subject me to this (laughs) and what does it mean (laughs) because it's so great great. it's just i can't narrow anything down to a specific thing it's just as a whole both amazing and beautiful and why yeah i like that that's a quote yeah, well, yeah. well put. Yeah. Well, okay. How about you, Patrick? I I have one word for this episode. Uh, tingly. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know the process of how you arrived at that one word. Well, it beca- it was it was when I don't want to know. I was about to say no, no, no. Oh. It's a no. It's it's a it's a quote from the episode Dougie Dougie mm. Jones when they're talking about his arm. He's like it's tingly. She's oh, like, Jake I'm feeling tingly, tingly too. too. Yeah. 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 And I was kind of feeling tingly. I was like, what is happening? Um, no, but uh, it is. Tyler said it the best. I feel like, I mean, for me, it's just unexpected. It was just, a, you know, we're on David Lynch's wild ride at this point. You know, yes. it's like, oh, my gosh, that first 20 minutes. I when I think of when I think of the return, a lot of times my mind immediately just goes to like the visuals in this episode because it's just it all stands out and just cra- it's just so crazy after just those first two episodes. Then you're just the way this one starts. And it's, but, but Tyler said it well, too. It's like it, everything in this episode is actually paced really well. And honestly, the more I watch it, the more it kind of flies by, which I kind of hate. But it's also just because, you know, what you've right. seen it. So, you know, like what's happening. But it's it's awesome. It's just it's awesome and tingling. Mm-hmm. That's a quote too. I like it. We've got lots of pull quotes so far. This is great. <laughs> All right, Miles, how about you? I uh, I do agree with everything that's been said. I actually surprisingly think I understand the mob zone a bit better this time around than I kind of thought. Oh, okay. Maybe I should preface that by saying I don't think you go out of your first watch understanding anything about it. Sure. But no. after I watched it the second time, I was like, 
okay, wait a minute, certain parts make sense, or this is happening, this is happening, and um, it's not logical in any way at all, but I understand the necessity to the story of how Cooper gets out of non-existent and back into reality, quote unquote. So yeah, I say all that. I mean, I love, there's nothing about the return that I don't love. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. So everything that happens in this episode, I was fully on board for. Um, but just the Moe zone in particular, I was like, oh, wow. So uh, what I'm thinking might be a better understanding is probably, you know, if I did get the time alone after my threesome with Mr. Lynch, you know, <laughs> um, that quality one-on-one time, he would probably be like, you're totally nowhere near what I was <laughs> thinking about. So I'm just going to be satisfied with my clear understanding this time around. And yeah, love the episode, though. Love it. Yeah, same here. This is one of my favorite from the entire series. And Patrick, like you were saying, like sometimes when you think about just Twin Peaks as a whole, the the weirdness of it, the vibe, the atmosphere, this episode and the stuff in the Mub Zone really comes to mind because I think it just encapsulates it so perfectly. I totally get why this is so challenging for some people. I'm sure it was a make or break for many, many fans because it's the episode that's kind of like, you need to dial into this strange frequency or it's not, you're going to get lost in a purple sea. This might be it for you, you know, like you kind of just got to surrender to what's happening. And I love that about it. I love that I'm still sort of confused by things about it. I love that I don't totally get it. I, I don't know. And yeah, I agree about the pacing for the entire episode. It's so interesting how there's so much confusion and just like a feeling of being awestruck in that first 20, 25 minutes. And then you just get to like chill out with Jacoby while he's spray painting some shovels. It's very peaceful after all that chaos. It's I love the way that moves. So, yeah, it's, it's a palate cleanser for, for sure. sure. Such a calming <laughs> yeah. effect. Yeah. Before we do get into it, uh, we have some damn fine facts, actually just a damn fine announcement. Maybe I we want to wish everybody happy Twin Peaks Day, at least on the free feed. This episode will drop on February 24th. Uh, Happy early Twin Peaks Day to our patrons. All right, well, let's do it. Let's dive into this episode. We are going to start kind of where we left off with Cooper just falling through non-existent. And then there's this, I mean, I, I have called it smoke. It's like this heavy purple smoke that's kind of billowing towards Cooper And then he falls onto, I guess, a balcony of a large stone building. Uh, Basically, he arrives at Prince's house. I mean, (laughs) okay, I'll see myself out. I'm sorry. Like, I love the fact that you're saying purple and not mauves, because now my mind's going to just uh, purple rain is all I'm going to think about. I was thinking like deep purple smoke on the water. Uh, That's what I was was thinking that too, but I didn't know if that was too much of a deep cut. I didn't know. Well, Prince... Prince at least ties it back to Leo Red Corvette. That's true. Ooh, yeah, That's true. Nice. I didn't think about that either. Such so. a nice yeah. circle. I'm sure <laughs> Deep Purple had another hit. <laughs> they did. Okay. <laughs> purple smoke. Purple smoke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when Cooper picks himself up and he looks around, he finds that he is in this like vast purple world with a purple ocean or purple sea. And I've been calling it purple because... Okay, so now I could say that some people call this place the Mauve Zone, 
We obviously decided to title the episode The Mauve Zone. I think it's a good I think it's a good take on what this place might be. So I'm sure a lot of people already know because this has been talked about and written about a lot at this point. Um, a lot of people know it from Reddit, but the Move Zone is this concept that's taken from the writer Kevin Grant, who was very interested and wrote a lot about the possible connections between the occult and aliens. And he believed that this Move Zone was a place at the edge of reality between experience between human experience and non-existence. So kind of a place between two worlds. And he also thought that this place could be visited in a particular type of sleep, such as a coma. Uh, And it's said to be a place of meaningful coincidences and synchronicity. And I think that in itself is a good enough reason to make the comparison there. But what I also love about uh, this Grant guy is that he was the personal secretary to Aleister Crowley, who created the Thelema, Thelema religion, which Jack Parsons was a member of. Jack Parsons is, of course, in The Secret History of Twin Peaks. So it's just a nice through line there as well. I also really like that it's called the Mauve Zone. It's a color. We have Black Lodge, White Lodge, Red Room, Pink Room, Blue Rose. Like, it just kind of fits really nicely in that, too. The colors. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. I really took note this time watching it how Cooper just is staring at the sea as if like this is the most beautiful thing he's mm. seen in 25 years like oh my gosh look at all this water yeah um, at least it's a different color right yeah i mean mm-hmm. i guess he only just saw the evolution when he was getting ready to depart but I, if he had to be looking at shit like that for 25 years i would also be right. like i don't hear anything Nothing is moving except these gentle waves, and I'm okay. Very meditative out there on the Purple (laughs) Sea, yeah. I mean, calm, I guess, until he goes inside. So he sees this window, he climbs inside whatever this building is, and then he sees this woman that has no eyes. And I feel like as soon as he sees her, or maybe as soon as he steps inside, things start to get glitchy, like time is moving in a really strange rhythm, if time even exists here. It is a little bit lodge-like, the movements, I guess. Like, it's kind of backwards. It's kind of forwards. It's Yeah. Yeah, it sounded almost like, and I couldn't, I don't know if I could if I could tell, but, like, when he was walking, like, towards, not, like, when he was walking in and walking towards night, it sounded like the footsteps were playing backwards, like, like in the lodge. Yeah, like that swooshing um, sound, almost, that yeah. you hear in the lodge. Yeah. Yeah. Which, just, also, the sound, just in general, in this whole sequence, and really the whole episode, is really amazing um yeah even just the kind of i mean and it totally makes sense but just like you when you have that even just him going through the door like going through the door inside like you have the outside shot and you can hear like the waves and then it goes inside and then you have you hear like the like electric hum like yes it's just like what it's 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 great yeah the attention to detail for all those sounds is incredible yeah also when it starts getting glitchy is what just how i describe it when like when nido when nido becomes a thing (laughs) this episode things start getting glitchy uh i was uh i was reminded just like part one where when or no or sorry i guess it was part two where cooper's going through the glass box and it's like glitching Mm. like you know it's like glitching like 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 camera shutters is what i described it as like Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i like that and i think it was mr ring Take the ring in one of our episodes. I couldn't recall which one might have been part eight made a connection just or not a connection. It was just kind of the 
the stuttering being like electric frequencies like ac dc and just uh and, and Dave because i remember because dave like really like him, i think he was saying like the stuttering like gave him such anxiety like in this like first watch and he's like i don't know why this is even happening but then when he heard like a sort of you know the electricity explanation he's like now i can get behind that oh <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah. Love that. I like that um it's definitely sounds like what um the Pete's mom and Pete and Pete, what she hears in her head uh, with the metal plate, oh. which is why I still stand behind yeah. Pete and Pete being the twin peaks <laughs> of our childhood. But that's what it, it definitely yeah. is that frequency. Like even when you're changing the dial, like the tuning in between the dials. Yeah. Sort of sound too. So I like that. Yeah. I mean, I wrote yeah. that it reminds me of having like a bad internet connection and you're trying to watch a video of something and it's just all over the place. Like it's super True. choppy. Buffering. But I don't, I find it less frustrating than that. So, yeah. But yeah, there's like clicking sounds. Like I said, there's like some lodge-like sounds, like those swooshing sort of sounds. And I, I don't remember exactly where they come in, but I do feel like the sounds that the giant told Cooper to listen to are definitely mixed in at some point mm -hmm. here as well. I also totally forgot that he speaks, like that he speaks to her. Same. Like totally like blocked that hour. He says, where is this? Where are we? I was just like, I don't even remember. I didn't think anybody talked in that. Like, or, right. you know, like, yeah. It's yeah. so easy to yeah. forget that. And of course, he's still like, speaking, speaking normally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and with the exception of those two lines, uh, the stuff that Ronette says later, and if you count Nido's raspy clicking, <laughs> which I don't, <laughs> but there's like, yeah, there's no dialogue for 20, 25 minutes. It's wild. Nido, she can't really speak. So, I feel like she uses these gestures like kind of feeling all over Cooper's face and trying to like get a sense of who he is because, well, she can't see, she can't speak, whatever. And then, yeah, there's this banging on the door. She does the universal like shush symbol. And at the same time, or kind of like maybe triggered by that, this lamp begins to flicker and there's an accompanying sound. To me, it kind of sounded like a phone ringing, but not quite. Mm -hmm. And then it starts to illuminate what looks like a large electrical socket with the number 15 on it. And of course, Cooper wants to investigate, but Nido is like not into it. And then that's when she does the slicing and dicing hand movements. You know, again, universal slice and dice hand to the neck. You do not want to go in there. You do not want to do this. And to me, it does sound like the same slicing and dicing sounds that accompany Sam and Tracy's murder yes. in New York. Yeah. I think they're happening at the same time. It's got to be mm. because even when even the knocking on the door kind of sounds like when whatever that thing is comes through the glass box and starts banging on the glass box. It's Tracy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Trillion. Trillion. Oh, Trillion. <laughs> All right, so I, there was one thing that I caught here too, just the shot where, yeah, where the light comes on mm -hmm. and then you see the 15 socket. There's there's a shot of Cooper where he's like looking back at it, like he starts to kind of turn and look. And I swear it shows that same shot of him turning and looking at it like three times. Like the but it's like the same it looks like the same shot. I think so like too. Like not just him, like not just him just being like, oh again, like I need to look. Oh, I need to look again. Like it's just like repeating. Mm -hmm. Like we're just seeing it again. It is happening again. Yeah. We're seeing the same shot three times in a row yeah. almost. Mm. Yeah, I think um, so too. So that's interesting. 
And with the door knocking, I always thought that that looked like eyes on the door. Okay, like I wanted two, to like, ask, like, what the hell is that? I mean, I've right. I've paused. I've assuming tried to, that's like, a door on the play. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's there's something there. It's a very distorted shape, but there's something there for sure. I think yeah. it's um. It always just- no eyes woman's eyeballs they've just been ripped <gasps> right out and put right on the door yeah. and then she got those little little skin grafts put right over the the eyeball holes the, i don't think they were so grafts i think they just oh my pulled God, her lids down eye sockets ah! all right we've Sock done off. it thank you so much for listening to damn fine tv <laughs> yep sockets eye sockets <laughs> yep. I had a socket note that came to me because I was like, is this from Twin Peaks? I had to think about it because I was like, I just started saying it when I was seeing the sockets. Mm -hmm. I started just saying, socket to me, socket to me. And I was like, what's that from? I was like, oh, it's It's Jerry. He says it in part one. Yes. And I was just like, damn. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. The exact same thing happened to me today. And that will become apparent a little later on. (laughs) All right. So. I guess Nido kind of convinces Cooper to not go through this socket and she kind of leads him through the building, through a door and up a ladder to outside, I suppose. Space. Yeah, it's all just kind of non-existent and the roof is way tinier than you'd expect for the building that they've been in. But it does seem like they're in a box, maybe not a glass box, but a box. But a box. And then she walks over to this thing that looks like a giant thimble, but it also has some dials on it, I guess. And she's trying to explain something, but of course, Cooper doesn't get it. And bless Cooper, like he's trying so hard to understand what the hell is going on. She flips a switch on this giant thimble, or maybe she pulls the handle of some sort of alternate reality slot machine, which is also known as an arm. Just putting it out there. She gets jolted with electricity and then is like blown backwards off of this roof into the vast space below. And I think that scene is terrifying. Like when Nido gets blown off this roof, I like my heart always sinks into my stomach because it feels like hope is kind of lost. Like she wasn't much help before, but this was the only help that Coop was getting in this space. And it feels very like sad and lonely. And yeah, I think it's a terrifying concept anyway. Like I... Don't mean to be that person, but I'm I'm just going to tell you, I have a lot of fears in life. Um, One of them was always space. And I never understood mm. why people wanted to go out there because I always had these um envisions in my head <laughs> or visions. Not in, anyway, I had I these visions had in my head. I like it. Of me going out there and then like something malfunctioning and I got sucked into space. And then all you do is just float forever, which I know that's not what happens. But... So I think this is a fear anyways that people might have in general, like of just like you kind of go like going into somewhere you don't know about and just falling forever in I darkness. Mean, if you were falling faster yeah, and faster through space, what would happen? Bleh. I don't even want to think about it. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know if this is a good spot, but I think Dave has something to say. Oh, perfect. About all this. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Dave. From talking backwards, or should I say, hello? Hello. Sorry, I can't be there live with you guys. Uh, thank you so much for having us on. We always love to be a part of it, and I wish I could be there. But uh, since I cannot, I thought I'd just uh, throw out a couple of talking points and things that I noticed for part three. Uh, an excellent episode, if you don't mind my saying, and uh, probably one of my favorites. I don't know. I, I don't remember what I gave it rating wise on our show, Foreheads, or 
if we've discussed it before, but uh, watching it again, it's really something. Uh, so anyway, a couple of talking points. Uh, I believe that the mob zone is a sort of dream prison. There's no true structure to it. It's always in flux and flickering around. Maybe that could account for the sort of stutter step, kind of forwards, backwards uh, sort of interplay that's going on there. It could just be that it's constantly changing, so there's no steady flow while the dreamer is dreaming, as it were. Uh, I feel like the box, when they leave the room, exists somewhere outside of the dream, where the bell that uh, no Ido throws the <laughs> sort of alarm on is dented. So it makes me wonder, has the mother attacked it before? Uh, the way it was kind of banging on the door, you see similar damage to the door as there is on the bell. So I wonder if there's anything there. Uh, Cooper doesn't talk to the American girl. Uh, when he sees Lara in the Red Room, he has asked her, like, are you Lara Palmer? And talks to her as such. But does he not recognize Ronette's face? Is that why he doesn't ask if she is Ronette? Or is he just so stunned to be where he is? Is he in a different state where he doesn't acknowledge her that way? Uh, I also noticed that the three plate over the electrical outlet is completely different from the 15. So is it a fake? Was it planted there? Uh, obviously, also 315 is Cooper's Great Northern Room Key number. So if the three is a fake, was American Girl complicit in whatever this trick was to get Cooper to go through this outlet? Ooh, mm -hmm. so good. Lots okay. of good thoughts there. Uh, I think right off the top, I didn't know... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, I guess I am alone in this, but I didn't think that was actually Ronette. I thought it was just the actress that played Ronette, but that she was somebody different. Yeah. But it's up for I, debate, I think. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Because she's credited I, as American Girl, but it's clearly, to me, Ronette Pulaski, but yeah. Right. It's always confused me that she's credited as American Girl because mm -hmm. she's clearly a woman. Mm -hmm. Like she's not, she's not little Ronette, little Ronnie Pulaski. <laughs> little Ronnie Pulaski. Um, yeah, she's grown up. So why is she credited as American Girl? Then there's there's already connections to parts one and two with just the phrasing of American Girl or just Girl and American Woman. The mm -hmm. song that plays when Boop rolls up is American Woman. Jerry Horn makes a comment about Beverly being a woman, like a you know or. Because he says, I forget what the exact phrasing like is. Don't call a woman like that a girl or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Don't call a woman like that a girl. And that's that just makes me think of this exactly. And then just like even looser and just, but it's just someone calling someone a girl. You're a bad girl, Tracy. Mm -hmm. Even though we hear the phrase bad girl, then more than you hear someone just saying, that's a bad woman. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. But, you're a bad woman, Tracy. You're a bad Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it's just like, there's a different, it's a, like the difference between a girl and a woman. Why is she specifically called American girl? I don't, I don't, I don't have the answers. Mm -hmm. I think there's connections there, but I don't know what they are. The whole uh, thing is super weird because, I mean, Dave brings up a great point. Like, why doesn't Cooper say anything like, are you Ronette or who are you or anything like yeah i mean i every time i watch he when he's looking at her i'm like oh he's about to ask her if that's run at pulaski and he never does and i don't know why i always forget that he never does it but yeah it's so strange yeah mm. uh, before we forget because i know we kind of dave moved us straight into run at pulaski mm, territory mm -hmm. but manger briggs did show his face yes yes he did, he did float by 
I don't want to forget and overlook Floated the by. issue. We could never. We could yeah, never. Yeah, yeah, he floats by. He says yeah. blue rose. And Cooper just kind of watches. I mean, there's not really much to do with that information. I wish she had just guess, right? waved at him. That would have been nice. Right. <laughs> Bye. Some kind of but, acknowledgement. But Jasmine, I didn't <laughs> I didn't want to leave out your father-in-law. So Thank you so much. That is really sweet. I'll let Bobby know. Yeah, yep. that's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that was you love the major. <laughs> oh, I do. I'm the just, major. Just talking. <laughs> major heartthrob. I do think, in some odd way, this was a test for Cooper. But I don't. I don't know why. I unless Nido is somehow in it with the mother. I don't know all of that, but. I guess, right, like everything is different when you come back from this no-eyed woman sacrificing herself so Cooper can go back in or, you know, because she does throw herself off of it. It's not like she jolted the electricity and then all of a sudden that's what made her, you know, um, fall off or anything. So um, I guess saying all that, (sighs) was it some kind of test? But... I don't know how Cooper could have passed or failed it because yeah. it wasn't like he was getting anywhere through the fake uh, socket or anything. We didn't see a trial and error for this to be a test for Cooper in any kind of way. So I guess I'm just trying to talk that through. Like, would it, it would be funny or cool if it was some kind of test for him. And then like once all of this happens, but I don't know. It just seems like well, it was supposed to be that, if that makes sense. Like it was for some reason yeah. supposed to not show what was really there until the Nido went up and did all the things mm. that she did. So I right. don't know. I see what you're saying. All right. So Cooper does head back inside if inside and outside are even concepts here. But to me, the lighting felt different. Like it was less purple when he went back in. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was brighter. It I was. Thought. I felt it had more red tones to it, which mm-hmm. mauve is properly red. Um, I'm sorry. Did we? And I could have not been paying attention, but did we mention that Jasmine's father-in-law was like blue rose? Yes, yes. <laughs> which only makes me think of when Dory's trying to speak whale and finding Dory. Maybe if you hadn't been so busy shitting on Bobby Briggs, you would have heard <laughs> that we recapped that part. <laughs> no, it wasn't that I was doing that. It was that I was trying to remember everything Dave said in his, um, no, I know. Yeah. It, in his thoughts that I wasn't paying full attention. So I do That's apologize. Okay. That's but anyway, okay. yeah, it's like he said that. And then all of a sudden there's a blue rose on the table. Well, and I mean, things seem different when he goes back yeah. inside. It's the lighting is different. The socket is different. I like that Dave noticed because to me, I was like, I think I'm just crazy. Like the numbers don't look that different. It's definitely on like a clearer backing, I guess. Like both the three and the 15 seem to be plated somehow, kind of both similarly to the six that we see on the electrical pole and fire walk with me. But they're definitely either lit different or are totally different or something. It's the same like style or font or whatever. Yeah, yes. I made a note of that too. I was like, the number looks just like <laughs> the six on the pole. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then he sees who we've already kind of alluded to, this woman that looks a lot like Ronette Pulaski. She holds up her watch and it reads 253. And then the lamp by the socket 
turns on again and I it's the same kind of ringing sound that we heard before. But to me, this time there's more static and sort of more electricity sounds, I guess. So from here, we do kind of cut over to somewhere in South Dakota, I'm guessing. And Mr. C is driving. It's also very close to 2.53. And he's feeling a little woozy. Like, this cigarette lighter is definitely causing some issues. But a little woozy here! (laughs) So then we're back in the move zone. And Cooper's sort of walking towards the socket. And every time he gets a little too close, his head like zaps and this like (laughs) smoke comes out of it. Excellent reenactment, Patrick. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I've been practicing. That's also just a visual like I can't get out of my head is like his head just like. It's so good. Stretching. (laughs) The whole thing. I mean, I, I try to like tap in to my first time watching whenever I watch this again and just that feeling of, I think Tyler, you said this up to top, but like the what the fuckness of this whole thing. Like, right. why? You kind of say it every few minutes. He's in space. What the fuck? He drops into this building. What the fuck? She's got no eyes. What the fuck? She falls into space. What the fuck? There's Major Briggs's head. What the fuck? There's Ronette Pulaski. What the fuck? He's going through a socket. What the fuck? You kind of say it every few minutes. <laughs> this is how we should have Just. recapped these parts of the episode. How did you do this? Yeah. Saved a lot of time. Would have saved a lot of time. Yeah. And then whoever this oh, woman well. is tells him, when you get there, you will already be there. And it is, she does say it backwards, like in the lodge. So there is some kind yeah. of connection, right, between the two spaces. And something I caught for the Lodgy. first time is when she says that, Kyle McLaughlin does this like little flick of his eyebrows and he's like, hmm, okay, cool. <laughs> I loved that little facial expression. He understands. Mm, does he? Or he's like, well, this should be fun. <laughs> I don't know this if he understands the assignment. I'm going to be. Well, I like when he's like, when he asks, like when he asks those questions to Nido and she just starts making noises, he's like, oh, I'm not going to get any information from you. <laughs> like, <I didn't> <laughs> not, this is not. You <laughs> can't see me or talk to me. <laughs> but then he doesn't talk. But then he doesn't talk at all to Ronette and she actually gives him some information and that's his. There's reaction. some bad blood there. Oh, <laughs> between Cooper and Ronette. <laughs> yeah, they haven't they haven't made amends. Damn. Is it because she's like one of the last people he saw before going into the lodge, like at the end of season two? I that like he that. he sees her here? Yep. Just thought of mm-hmm. it. She shows up at the sheriff's station when they show her the scorched engine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then back mm. in South Dakota, uh, it just seems like the closer that Cooper gets to this socket in the move zone, the worse things get for Mr. C as he's driving. Dave, Dave has a has a thing here, I think. When Boop is on the road and starts to get pulled back towards the lodge, uh, why doesn't my man's just pull over and disconnect the battery from the car? He knows how these things work. He knows that electricity is a big player. So why doesn't he just cut off those avenues and pull over for safety so he can wait for his his planted decoy to get sucked in and then just go back about his business? Why does he allow this to happen? It's a good question, Dave. I mean, that's too logical. He's supposed to know when he's going back. I'm sure he probably knows the logistics of how this is going to happen. Like, yes, why wouldn't he just stop and take action? But it almost seems like it was so powerful for him. But then he had Mm. the accident. And then that 
got in the way of what like him going back in. I don't know. It does seem like this is all too powerful for him. And I kind of like that take because it's not very often that we'll see Mr. C on the on the rough side of things. Like he's very much in control a lot of the time. So this being the closest that he gets to being foiled in a way, I think, I don't know. I, I like that direction if that's what they were going for. Back in the Move Zone, uh, Ronna or American Girl warns Coop, you better hurry. My mother's coming. And so Cooper is like, all right, fuck it. Let's do this. And he allows himself to get sucked up by the socket. And as he's moving through, there's like a lot of blackish smoke coming off of him. And then his shoes are left behind. And I don't know that I know the answer for why the shoes get left behind, but it's a detail that I've always loved so much. Uh, his soles are in his shoes. Yes. His soles. Oh, I mean, that's so much better than I was like, he got new shoes whenever new he shoes. got into <laughs> his new life. So I was like, you well, know what? <laughs> that's not the only thing that gets left behind. His FBI pin gets left behind, even though we don't see it get left behind. Right. It doesn't make it through. Right. But his room key does. So mm. why? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I get the logic of the pin not going through. So no one re- realizes, oh, this guy works for the FBI. Well, right. Sure. That yeah. makes, they get that. But then you have the keys go through. <laughs> so. Well, I think. I OK, so no. So I was going to say I've always thought that the shoes had something to do with identity. I don't know. Like you think mm-hmm. about things like, well, you said the soul, but walk a mile in my shoes, put yourself in their shoes. Those kind of phrases speak a lot to identity. There is also the connection of the Wizard of Oz. We know David Lynch loves the Wizard of Oz. You know, Mm -hmm. Judy Garland needed fancy shoes to get home. But so then I was going to say, oh, maybe the shoes getting left behind, the FBI pin getting left behind, that all had to do with his identity. But at this point, the 315 key also kind of has to do with his identity. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, this this is when Mr. C gets into the most epic car crash. I don't know if either of you have seen the behind-the-scenes filming of this, but it's so cool. It's one of my favorite behind-the-scenes yeah. clips. Like, it's just so fascinating to me. And then he does start to see the red curtains in front of him. Yeah. All right, so then we cut to a place called Rancho Rosa Estates, and we meet another hey. Kyle McLaughlin. He's going by Dougie. He's sitting with a naked lady. His arm is tingly. He clearly doesn't feel well. This is the next time I said what the Yeah, well, I... It's like, you don't expect any of... Like, you just don't like a third one? What am I supposed to do with this? Exactly. Like, what am I supposed to do with the third one? that rug on his head. I mean... Uh, Yeah, right. (laughs) That is an epic look. (laughs) He's sitting next to... I mean, we... Okay, we've had a bit of nudity now between Firewalk With Me and Part 1. But, like, fully nude is still, I think, something new to Twin Peaks at this point. So this is just a whole other layer of, to me, like, okay, wow, what are we being Mm -hmm. catapulted into in this moment? So, Mm -hmm. but not only that, I mean, he looks like Cooper, obviously. He's wearing the green ring. He's talking about having a tingly arm, which has maybe gone to sleep or is numb. I mean, there's so many strange connections already. We get another clip of Mr. C trying to resist as the curtains get redder and redder. Then we're back with Dougie, and he's really not feeling well. He tries to get into that washroom, but instead he winds up in a carpeted room, which to me is the most uncomfortable part of all of this. Just like me thinking about trying to clean up this vomit from a carpeted room is so disgusting. (laughs) 
the sockets are like fully humming. The curtains appear here as well. And then he vomits up. I don't know what. There's blood involved. And to me, it's not even the most disgusting vomit that we will see in this episode. Yeah. No, Dougie's vomit (laughs) looks more like dog food than the other vomit that we're going to see. Yeah. Dougie's vomit looks like ground beef. Sorry, yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah. The other var- varmint. The other vomit looks like varmint. <laughs> the other vomit looks like something else in a food group mixed with something yes. else. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. So it's disgusting. He he vomits that up, and then there's like a bright light and a booming sound, and he just disappears. It does look <clears throat> like he gets kind of pulled backwards a little bit, sort of similar to how Nido is like pulled backwards off that roof. Not exactly the same as the way that Laura's pulled away in the red room, but also a similar Similar. type of motion. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then we're back to Mr. C. He's still fighting back his own vomit, but then he sees Dougie in the curtains and I think he knows his plan has happened. And then we see the most disgusting vomit of the episode, which is like blackened cream corn. That to me is cream corn mixed with motor oil. Which would be scorched mm. engine oil. Motor oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oil. Oil. Uh, okay. I <laughs> think oh, <yeah. laughs> I think that the key got through the electrical socket because it was inside the clothes. Okay. Okay. Mm. That's too easy. So it's like because, insulated? So it's like inside where anything outside of the clothes was not going to make it through, meaning a pin or the shoes. Okay, I ha- I do have one more note to make about Jade and Dougie, though. Okay. <laughs> that is our new sex sound. Yes, anybody else our new that. sex sound, yeah. Okay. I knew it sounded familiar. Yes, yeah. That's, that's a dolphin having an orgasm. Mm. Okay. Good for that dolphin. <laughs> All right, so now we are in the red room, uh, and Dougie meets Mike. Mike lets him know that he was manufactured for a purpose, but that purpose has been fulfilled. And then, does anyone, anybody want to dive in and explain what happens to Dougie next? Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> um, it reminds me of something, and I can't remember what it is. Your youth? <laughs> yes. The deflation That's of it. our younger days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. I want to keep wanting to say men in black, but that's not it. But huh? Okay. he just like shrinks. Yeah. And then his head blows up. And what ap- what appears? There's some black smoke and then the black smoke. Is it black smoke or black? Well, was it like a weird a flame? Weird flame. Yeah. <laughs> they just flip it back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we, we get a gold ball. A gold, ball. It's a gold ball. It's a gold ball. Yep. Yeah. We get a gold ball that separates into moon rock. And then. And then. And then that ball. thing has a face. It looks like yeah, the top of like, the yeah. arm. Yeah. I don't care. It looks what, like the top of the arm, like charred. Yes. Anybody says. Yeah, charred. Yeah. Someone set it on fire. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. And then it seems to do some kind of battle with the gold ball. And the gold ball wins. Yeah. The gold ball will always be victorious. <laughs> Before we get away from OG Doug with Dave, he, there was one quick note he had about Rancho Rosa, and then he had something to say about Dougie's arm. In the Rancho Rosa neighborhood, after Dougie comes through, 
there is a seemingly uh, posited as or coded as a homeless person that seems to be pushing a shopping cart down the road, uh, which just feels sort of out of place in the community. Is this a spy? Uh, somebody similar to the woodsman? Or just a a wacky background coincidence? Hmm. I like the, you know, you, you can make the woodsman connection, but I don't know that I necessarily agree that it's out of place, given what we see. With given that. everything I've seen in the past <laughs> oh, yeah, 33 well, episodes. Just, but just everything we <laughs> see about the neighborhood in general, like yeah. homes foreclosed and like the 119. Yeah. Uh, mom and just everything. I don't know that it's like too far fetched to see. I mean, who knows? The homeless person might have li- uh, lived in the house Dougie and Jade ran for all we know. <laughs> like, mm. They're yeah, they're just coming home from the store. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, or that. The <laughs> they still live there. They still live there. Dougie's left arm goes numb, and Philip Gerard had cut off his left arm. But who is related to the right arms? As we saw the townsfolk's right hands tremble earlier in the series, even Gordon Cole. Dougie's shoes are also missing in the red room. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely noticed that about Dougie. I don't know what to make of it either, but I like the consistency between Coop not having his shoes, shoes. when he goes through and then Dougie not having his in the red room. He had to go fill Dougie's shoes. Oh. Bang, bang, bang. That's it. No, he had to show up with no shoes because Philip Gerard had to sell him some. <laughs> mm, that's even better. That's way better. Okay, that's way better. That's way better. <laughs> Listen, Philip Gerard confuses me so much. But anyway, Philip Gerard from the episode we did with you all, I guess that was the one armed man. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, doesn't didn't he hook the arm or the arm had a tattoo and it was about his mother? Yes, it was. was yes. It? It's a mother. Yeah. Yes. Mother. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I just uh, thought of that. Yeah, wow. He did say that. Oh, good stuff. All right. Well, we are back in Rancho Rosa. There is black smoke flowing out of this socket in the same room where Dougie vomited up whatever that was. And Cooper comes through. I love that Jade sees this and is super impressed with Dougie's new look, but does <laughs> not notice the Oops. vomit, does not think like, who the fuck are you? Like it's there's a clear difference between these two men, but yeah, well, okay. I think the neighbor it's not actually their house. They just have a express like haircut place. <laughs> they just went next door to get a nice haircut and a couple new suits. Suit. Yeah, that's what that lady with the card is. That's all her her haircutting supplies. <laughs> she's got a couple of suits in there. Yes, yeah. new suit. Yeah, and she's also like, yeah. why are you not like, why are you just lying on this floor in here? Like, there's so many more questions that would have come to mind before being impressed with how he was looking. But her job is done. She's past the point of like caring. That's I assume she's, she's already been, been paid. paid. Yeah, she's also good. True. Yeah. Also, did yeah. you see also- how much she got paid for what I'm fairly certain was maybe five minutes with Dougie? Uh, yeah. Uh, pretty sure it's two minutes and 53 seconds. Well, oh. maybe I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I said 253 was the number of completion. Oh. <laughs> completion. <laughs> I'm into it. It's, it's good. And yeah. it continues on like that, that she's like, there's no concern for any of this. The fact that he's been sick, the fact that he's not responding to her, he's not saying anything, he's not... I mean, he's just not 
a human really at this point. Like, um, would you say he's blank as a fart? Oh, I absolutely <laughs> would. Also, um, Jade is a color. I don't know if anyone has said this. Yet. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, the connection which with the color? Ring too. Like, because yeah. some people I know call it the Jade Ring, like yeah. the Alcave Ring. Yeah. Which so. I mean, that was always super interesting to me. Just you know, once I found out her name. I think there's also an invitation to love character named Jade. Yes. Jade. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. So lots of, lots of connections there. All right. So they leave this house. Jade gets him his shoes eventually. And two men are kind of watching Dougie. They're driving down Sycamore Street. And he, it's like a perfect coincidence or, I don't know, help from the lodge, not sure. But he pulls out the key, they hit a speed bump, it drops, and he's reaching down to get it at the exact point that he would have been taken out. But I tell you the false hope when he does pass by Sycamore Street. Like, this is going to be the beginning of a very frustrating future. If the 315 Great Northern didn't get you, right. why didn't the Sycamore get you? Come on. There's now. Sycamore Street, the 315 Ugh. key. Jade is going to tell him you can go out now. And it does start that thing of, you know, your first time through being like, oh, is this going to be it? Oh, is that going to snap him out of it? And it's like, hmm. none of them. Speaking of Jade saying that you can go out, though, it actually it actually kind of bothered me this time that they showed the clip Thank of Laura you. saying it. Yes. A lot of times I can make those connections like on my own. I felt like I felt like that wasn't necessary and felt it just felt unnecessary for them to show that. It felt well, very non David Lynch to me, too. Like, I think he trusts yeah. his audience. It's like, oh, I'm going to make this connection to you. The it was fact very that strange. he did it. Why are you giving this one? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And the fact that he did that means it means something totally different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I did. It think is about not that, what you like, think it is. If he's choosing to show us why, like he's a very deliberate person in that way. But I agree. It irritated me. There's plenty of other ones. Yeah. Where things are said the same or, you know, or exactly the same. But you don't get those fight like, oh, make this connection here. Yeah. OK, thank you. I don't need your help. No, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> we wouldn't have a podcast if we were getting help left and right. True. Doing this. True. Yeah. Well, we got to, before we get to the casino anyway, we got to rewind to the 119 woman who is across from the house that Dougie and Jade were in. Who wants to chat about 119 woman? I will. I'll All just right. say she's the Sarah Palmer of Las Vegas and we can leave it at that. Oh, I do like that. I just well, wrote. She does have playing cards she, there. Maybe I'm Mr. Kinda, C's card. She mm-hmm. has. So this is what she has on her table. She has uh, pills, a blowtorch for a lighter, a red balloon behind her, whiskey, a safety pin, and playing cards. So she is the Sarah Palmer of Las Vegas. I don't know. Vegas Palmer. Vegas Palmer. <laughs> I don't know. Is she going to pop that balloon later with the safety pin? I just thought a safety pin being there was a very odd. Pops like a balloon. I've seen some other things pop. Uh, like yeah, Dougie, Dougie in the red room. Mm-hmm. He deflates like a whoopee cushion. That's what I think of. <laughs> a whoopee cushion. <laughs> Tyler, I believe the uh, Tyler, I believe the pill was a blue pill. Was it? It looked white on my screen. I was trying to figure out what color it was. 
I was, I was trying, trying to make a matrix. matrix I was too. <laughs> that is exactly what I was trying to do. He as did well. not even acknowledge your existence. I will nibble right on that hook because I too was like, is she taking the, are we in the red pill or the yeah. blue pill zone? Red room, yeah. blue pill. Mm-hmm. I like it. I mean, there's definitely Lodge vibes too. One one nine is obviously nine one one backwards. It does. She's yeah. screaming it. She's looking upwards as she's saying it. It feels like an alarm of sorts. There's so much more here, yeah. and I just feel so bad for this poor little boy eating his little saltines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't like to talk about it because it really hurts my heart. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with yeah. saltines. No, 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 no shade no, to the no, saltines. No. I'm talking about the parents, <laughs> the the lack of parenting that's going on here. Maybe the kid calls the shots. And he's perfectly happy. It's like, mom, just sit there and yell out numbers. Let me eat my saltines, okay? Do your drugs. <laughs> yell out numbers. What is this, bingo? Or, uh, yeah, bingo. <laughs> She's got a big night tonight. She's got to rehearse. <laughs> She's pulling the numbers later down at this silver Mustang. Brush up. Hey. Could be. It's like the Black Lodge just, uh, you know, you know, and if, the, if there is, to Dave's point, you know, if there is someone, maybe keep an eye on, you know, knowing... This is where Cooper's going to be coming out. It wouldn't surprise me if just the darkness, you know, taking over this neighborhood, there could be something, something to that and be the reason why she's saying the numbers backwards for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something about how the whole neighborhood is kind of like you said before, Patrick, homes are being foreclosed. Like we have this woman who's Mm -hmm. clearly homeless walking around. Like, yeah, it's kind of similar to, I mean, this is getting ahead of ourselves, but the way that things are seeping into Twin Peaks after all of this time as well. Yep. There's definitely a a similarity. All right. Well, we are so close to getting to Twin Peaks too, but first we just have to take a quick trip to South Dakota to check in with Mr. C. The cops do arrive and whatever he has vomited up is super toxic. They need some gas masks and an ambulance stat. I think, I still think that that's what made me think that it was oil because I was like, they're obviously smelling I would think they're smelling like the scorched oil smell. Something's going on. All right. Here we are. The final round of game two of Black Lodge, White Lodge. I I can't believe we made it. I can't believe we're here. I mean, I can because that's just how things work. You take five players, you move it down to two, and then you get to the final round. We understand how it works. Yeah, yeah. We understand how it works. Hopefully you do as well. And <laughs> oh boy. Am I Oof. on I'm on pins and needles mm-hmm. and that's what Albert Fish said. Oh, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> okay, if you don't understand Ooh-wee. that joke, just Google Mr. Fish and then you will understand. <laughs> Everyone's got homework. We try not to give you homework in Black Lodge, White Lodge, but the lodges are crueler than that. This is the this is what it tells us to do. We have to obey. We must obey. All hail the lodge. All right. Cool. Well, before we spin this wheel, we should update everybody. Let's let's bring it back. We had five contestants. We had Heather. We had Jonathan. We had Dustin. We had Laura. We had Coral. And we are down to Jonathan and Coral in this final round. And we are about to spin that wheel. You Ooh, ready? Buddy. I'm ready. I'm ready. Woo. Here we go. This one's for all the marbles. Ah, I love it. All of the uh, gold balls. Oh, all the gold balls. (laughs) All right. 
Well. Oh boy. Uh, Coral, the arms doppelganger sends you into non-existent. Better luck next time. Okay. Oh, and please Coral. let there be a next time. I know. Please. The, the lodge spirits are are harsh. They are. Way they are. harsh, Ty. Way <laughs> harsh. <laughs> but you know what, Coral, you do win a sticker for being the runner up in Black Lodge, White Lodge. Now, I think you already have a couple of damn fine TV stickers. So we're going to figure something out for you. We're going to send you something super special, just tailor made for you. Okay. But you have to get in touch with us. You have to let us know that you're the runner up on Black Lodge, White Lodge. But this does mean that Jonathan, oh my goodness. You choose Woo! the right electrical socket and find yourself back in your own dimension. And even though you lose your shoes during travel, you win this round of Black Lodge, White Lodge. Woohoo! Guess what, Jonathan? Uh, not only are you going to get that Patreon deal, but now maybe you can get some new shoes. New I don't shoes. know. <laughs> yeah. I know you lost them. This might be the time. <laughs> what a callback. Incredible. Loved it, Mel's. Oh my goodness. But Jonathan, you know the deal. You know you got to reach out and let us know that you were this month's winner of Black Lodge, White Lodge, and we will hook you up with that Patreon membership for one month at the Tardigrade Detective level. Congrats. No, so congratulations. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And for next month's game, we're going to put out a new call for players. We took all the names for the first two months from our first call for players, but we're putting out something brand new. Everybody's got a new shot. And if you've played already, even if you've won, you've lost, you've, you've, your soul's trapped forever. Come play again. Put your name out there. We're taking all names. So look out for that post soon. Who knows? I mean, if you're trapped, the bunny might be able to get you out. I don't hmm. know. Hmm. I don't about know. The bunny? I don't know. We don't know. Huh. All right. But if you put your name in the running, you might find out. <laughs> you might. You might just find out. It might be a hoppy ending for you. <laughs> oh, oh. oh. I'm we a bad girl, a Tracy. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this month's Black Lodge, White Lodge. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for playing. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. All right. Well, now we get to go to Twin Peaks where things Ooh. begin to feel calm after all that chaos. We get this lovely establishing shot of the sun shining through oh, the trees. So it's so, so gorgeous. But then honestly, things kind of just get confusing all over again, this time in a funnier way. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Is it about the bunny or what? Uh, how about first, I donut disturb. It's yeah. amazing. I died. I had to pause. <laughs> I died. It's so good. I, it's so good. I think I just went back and watched it, and I was like, I need this on a loop, that establishing shot of the oh, sheriff's God, station with the sun coming through the trees. Yeah. I was like, this is gorgeous. It really is. How did they get this shot? It's so perfect. It's amazing. But I was telling Jasmine that I, this time around, I'm taking the time to like notice facial expressions. But when Lucy is talking about the bunny, Okay, first of all, it's the way that Hawk is looking at her like, chocolate buddies do not have anything to do with my heritage, A. B, I am aware that, I'm sorry, but it is it is Native American. It is not Indian. I take some offense to that, but I will not make it my own personal story. But anyways, he's like, yes, I am aware of what my culture is or my heritage is. Thank you, Lucy. Yeah. And then the exchange of, 
she had to fart. Let's just put it in plain terms. A bubble of gas is a fart. <laughs> it, but the looks on Andy's face, he went from, I'm fixing to get some hot goss, like Jasmine said, <laughs> yeah. before, like, when she says, I don't, I don't like, like to, to talk, talk about, about this things, around Andy. He goes from, I'm very interested, to, I'm highly disgusted, <laughs> in the split second. Andy looks like, I'm God, I hate to say this because I love Andy to death, but the way they've styled this man's hair. Oh my God, it's so unfortunate. Oh yeah, like sticking Stop. straight up. Yeah. Stop. Okay. 25 years have passed. We can let him have a comb over. Okay. We don't need this. He, there were we know other he's options. Done. Yeah. Like we already are aware. <laughs> the whole thing is such a funny scene. Like, yeah. right from when Hawk says, let's sit down. Let me sit down. That gets yeah. me every time. That's such a great line. I almost like went, I was like, did he forget his line or something? Or did he just like forget to sit down? Or I don't know. I was like, it was interesting. If he did, he plays assume, it off perfectly. Yeah. yeah, he plays it off great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have to assume in that moment, he was probably like, I can't be the dumbest person in this room. <laughs> Let me clarify. <laughs> I will sit down. Okay. You if two you're, if you're talking are to these two, you gotta sit down. Yeah, but no, about this being great comedic relief after everything that we've seen, like even the Jade yeah. stuff was like kind of funny, but still served as like yeah. this. I just was like, I needed this. Yeah. I needed it. Yeah, it's good. I've always just kind of thought the whole like questioning of is it about the bunny is just sort of a meta thing with the audience being like, what, the, what is all this? Like, what is it about? Like, especially with everything you've already seen in this yeah. part. For sure. You're questioning everything. One thing I noticed this time first, first time I uh, first time I noticed this on this watch was on the box with the bunnies. Uh, there's like a couple of eggs, like Easter eggs on the box. But the one like I guess it's on the far right actually has it's blue, but it does have like the zigzag chevron pattern like of the red room Ooh. on it. Whereas the other one's like solid lines. Nice. Mm -hmm. nice. Like so I was like, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just stood out. I've never noticed that before. Well, for now, let's head to Dr. Jacoby's trailer just for a relaxing okay. afternoon of shovel spray painting. I mean, again, this is like, I think we said this at the top, it's such a nice palette cleanser. It's really just listening to the mm -hmm. sounds of the woods, the sound of the spray painting. It's very calming. It's very welcome. As someone who has done this, it is very calming. Is it? Yeah. Very, yeah. very therapeutic. Yeah. yeah, he did. When we first like launched our Patreon, he painted five mini gold shovels for our patrons with like our logo on the gold shovel. I love it. <laughs> I love this. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It's a cool oh. idea. One thing, one connection, just to something else in this episode, which is which is interesting because there's a lot of a lot of parts in the return. You're going to make these like little connections just to things, with, even just like within that. So not necessarily like things spread out all over, but just with. Jacoby wearing a gas mask. There was the line yeah. about they're going to need a gas mask that, you know, when uh, Mr. C wrecked the car and the cops showed mm -hmm. up. Um, so it's just interesting. It's just like, oh, okay. There's a gas mask. Coincidence? I don't know. Was his gas mask gold? Like, did he spray paint that as well? It looked. Oh, I'm sure he did. It had a gold look to That's it good. to me. Yeah. It's well, good. and just. I just, my favorite part of that was just you could see his glasses under it. That yeah. was just my favorite. Just like you can see. That it's Jacoby. You know it's for sure him. It's awesome. And we're also starting to get the running theme of gold as well. With the gold shovels, the gold ball. Yes. yes. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Silence is gold. Oh. Oh. I like that. And the whole setup is really cool. Like, I'm assuming that these things are guitar pedals. Am I correct? Well, they look like uh, old sewing machine pedals. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, because the sewing machine pedal would power uh, like a thread or something to turn. Or like, well, you spin the, you pull the thread through the needle and the needle goes up and down. So to me, I I just immediately thought of my grandmother sewing, Hmm. which immediately I was like, this is very peaceful because this man is like, even the sound of him hitting the pedal and the turning, I was like, this is very nice. I like it. This like straight up reminds me of videos I've seen of David Lynch just like working on his art yeah. and stuff. Like this is probably his machine that like he built. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that he was just like, I'm gonna use this in my show. That makes perfect sense. I'll save that budget yeah. for like, you know, when <laughs> when Dougie's head explodes. I'll save the budget for that. Exactly. They yeah. needed the so. wig for or I mean they needed the budget yes. for the wig. <laughs> they needed yeah. to buy that toupee. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, that's right. Back in Las Vegas, Jade takes Cooper to the Silver Mustang Casino, and his call for help is answered by the Lodge in the form of several jackpot wins, or at least that's kind of how I see it. I don't know if you guys differ on that. That's how I see it. That seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, no, I mean, I just love how all the things that Jade has told him, they're just interpreted a different way by the people on the inside of the casino. Cause I mean, like, first of all, she just fucking kicks him out with five bucks. I'm like, give this, yeah. it's pretty this nice of her spoken. Uh, yeah. But I was like, he's needs help. Like not only did you see the vomit, but he looks totally different and he has not said one word to you except repeating something you have said to him. So I was like, please give him more than $5. I mean, she rolled that crispy, or no, it was a crunchy $5 out. Like, get this $5 and get out of my Jeep, bitch. I'm done with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She even admits that she thinks he might have had a stroke. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, I'm I'm fairly certain I fucked a stroke out of you, okay? (laughs) So you need to go to the doctor. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So he he. He's able to take direction, though. Like, he might be blank as a fart, but he Mm -hmm. can take direction. Like, he makes it in. He gets the change. He watches how the people play the slots. And then he does the same with the help. I'm assuming of the lodge is what I can think about. But, you know, and then he heard the guy say hello when he hit the jackpot. And so he then forces out his own hello. And then I also just love that this frizzle, frazzled, Fredoozled grandma is just giving it by the bird, and she's like, "Don't fucking touch the machines on she's either great. side I of love me." Her. Okay, I was just. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, her flipping off the camera is my favorite. Like when she thinks she's like, "I'm going to take the coins," yeah. but then she sees the camera and she just flips that yeah. off. That is so yes, funny. Yes, yes. Yeah. It is oh. interesting to watch how Cooper, as Deggy or whatever you want to call him is starting to mimic people's actions. The way he points to the woman that's going to give him change, the way that the security guard, like after the security guard does it, he watches this man do his little ritual at the slot machine and then he copies it. And to me, it's always kind of reminded me of like the way a child picks things up and starts to mimic the actions of adults around them. Like Cooper's gone through this rebirth in a sense and he is learning how to human all over again or i guess he's being it's a teach me how to duggy situation maybe uh-oh yeah. bye barrel <laughs> uh yeah which makes the laura thing which is why that makes me mad because i'm like if you can't give him enough faculties 
to do mm. these things on his own. We don't need to know that he can recall anything that happened before he came out of the electrical socket, which I also see as a rebirth for him. Right. But I also mm. love how the coin going into a slot does look like him when he goes through the socket in the mauve zone. Right. Uh, but anyways, Dougie B and Dougie or Mr. D. I'm just going to call him Mr. D. Oh, Mr. C, season. Mr. D. and Okay, I like it. Because hmm. I don't like Dougie Coop. I refuse to call him Dougie because he is not Dougie. But I can't call him <sighs> Cooper because he's technically not Cooper either. Yeah. He's in between, so he's Mr. D. Mr. Uh, but D. I do love that Mr. D does help the lady, even though she gave him the bird. Yeah. Where he was like, oh, well, okay, it's right there. Right there. <laughs> and that moment when she does, when... When Cooper goes off and wins again and she realizes like, okay, maybe he's on to something and she goes to that machine finally and does give it a shot. I love the way the camera moves in as she's about to play that slot, like because it's like the camera is mm -hmm. as interested as we are if the Lodge magic is going to work for her, too. I just I've always right. loved that shot. Yeah. I think it's so great. Yeah, that is cool. Ooh. The casino uniforms are black and red. The carpeting is purple mm -hmm. and gold. I said, ooh, because I forgot and it was in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> Very intentional colors. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's take a trip to the FBI HQ in Philadelphia where we get to catch up with Albert and Gordon. Yay! Yay! Mm -hmm. Who are about to get some big news about an old friend. I'm just super excited to see these guys again. Same. I was screaming, mm -hmm. and it's it was a hat about twenty five percent Gordon, seventy five percent Albert. I love there you him. Go. There you go. I guess you, we could talk about. I never could figure out it, the congressman's dilemma. Let's talk about and it. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. If it, if it helps, Dave. Dave has a. Oh, has a oh wow. Let's bring in Dave on the subject. The photo of the sailor boy. In the spread of evidence in the uh, bureau conference room, there looks incredibly fake. I mean, pause on it. It is <gasps> worth examining. It's really off-putting. <laughs> and I guess that's the congressman's dilemma versus the policeman's dream with that spread. Ooh, I love that. I like that. Mm -hmm. That's really good, but hundred percent fake. Well, I always thought that the the shot. If there's there's a picture of like two girls like in bikinis. I think I always yeah. thought that the girl closest looked like Christabel, like looked like Tammy to me, just mm. at a glance, like going by. Okay. And I was like, well, why would it be her? <laughs> but with the doubles in the show, yep. who, who the hell knows? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it looks super fake. I, the other two, to me, look like postcards that you would send somebody. Like you got the pinup, looks like a postcard that you would send from somewhere. And then the girl sunbathing would be like from, you would send that from Florida. It just mm -hmm. looks like it came from from. It looks like Florida. stock photos again. Stock yeah. photos, and yeah. we've mentioned this twice already with the establishing shot for New York and the establishing shot for Las Vegas being very similar to stock footage. So here again, we have more. I mean, that first photo to me looks like it was. I mean, it's supposed to be like softcore porn or something, but like the stock mm, yeah. photo version of that. Yeah, it's all really <laughs> fake in a way, like. Yeah, I guess that would be included, too, the photoshopped kid. Like, it all feels very fake. I don't know what that means, but... Well, the little kid just looks like it could be an old photo of David Lynch that they put color to and then put it on a beach somewhere. 
because that kid Maybe. just looks like David Lynch to me. It's uh, it's from one of his mother boy experiences. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Weird though. Uh, but we do meet Tammy in this scene. Who, if you have read the secret history, I guess now you know who TP, who Tammy is. This is her. Uh, but she's there to give them the rundown on things that were happening in New York City with Sam and Tracy. The photo that she pauses on of Sam and Tracy is so brutal. Well, you know what it makes mm-hmm. me say? What the hell? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> what the hell? I love that. Yeah. Delivery is so good. Yeah. It's so good. Something about the way that they look in that photo looks... Because this sex demon didn't do anything but literally slice their head in half. Like, it, like I, you would have thought in real time that sex demon was doing so much more That's to true. Sam and Tracy. Yeah. That, like, there would be a scratch somewhere else versus hmm. just their head being split open. But, yeah. Yeah, what's the, is there, is there something to that of just, like, specifically attacking the heads? It's yes. Not how you get ahead of the situation. Oh, you'll see yourself out. There we go. Um, <laughs> but then we also have like Major Briggs's head, um, the weird mm-hmm. head mm-hmm. from the arm, but also Dougie's head popping open. And yeah, I mean, true. I Lots don't know. of head, head strange work running theme. Here. Definitely getting a lot of head. Mm. Getting a lot. I'm picking up a lot of head around <laughs> these parts. Oh boy. Well, let's move on to the fact that on the, f- this woman, oh, um, she's wor- I, I about she's said worse. David Lynch's secretary, <laughs> but what I mean is Gordon Cole's secretary says that on the phone, it's Cooper. It's I get Cooper. mad every time because well, it's she's not worse Cooper. than that. She's worse than that temporary secretary that Twin Peaks had when Lucy went on her sabbatical when she was oh, pregnant. Yeah. Okay. Ronnie. I will tell you though, I watch always with subtitles on. So when they when she says Cooper's on the phone, when they when they look at each other and then they run over, it says clunky jazz music. It does, and I just find yeah. I just find that hilarious because I was like <laughs> clunky jazz music. <laughs> My favorite genre. My favorite uh, kind. I don't want. I like, no how do you thin. like your jazz? Clunky. <laughs> All jazz music is clunky. Nobody wants a stiletto jazz music. We gotta have clunky. Yeah. <laughs> it's time Mel's to get clunky, clunky, clunky. <laughs> <laughs> Marky Mark and the clunky Play that bunch. Clunky music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mel's. Oh, I thought gosh. you were going to say the way that Gordon uh, says Albert's name, like when they hear that Cooper's on the phone, and Gordon turns to Albert, and he's just like, "Albert." That moment always yeah. makes me tear up right. a little bit because it's like, yeah, "Oh my god!" Like great. it's Cooper, and it's just it's very sweet. Lovely picture of an atomic bomb in Gordon's office, which I noted was a much different vibe than the like tropical water that's behind him in Firewalk with me. A lot, a lot has happened. Some things have changed. <laughs> yeah, it seems like he's lot. he's given up. <laughs> Twenty five years. Yeah, <laughs> he has given up. Yeah, he's given up a whole lot. <laughs> uh, but they're headed for <laughs> South Dakota. And then Albert says, probably one of my favorite lines ever, ah, the absurd mystery of the strange forces of existence. That's what I say um, when anyone asks me what Twin Peaks is about. Yeah, that's <laughs> actually perfect. That's yeah, a yeah. really concise, perfect sentence for Twin Peaks, yeah. And then you proceed to ask him, not how much time have you got, but how much volume have you got? Because you're going to need it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
Well, and then we end at the Roadhouse where the Cactus Blossoms are performing Mississippi, a song that stays in my head for weeks at a time. So good. Every time I hear it, it's one of my favorite songs ever of all time now. Cactus Blossoms just put out a new album. Ooh. What? Very exciting. Nice. I I know. It's really good. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I just listened (laughs) yesterday. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Everybody get it. Love track four. (laughs) These guys have a great vibe. Yeah. I love everything yeah, about they're them. They're fantastic. And yeah, I had not heard of them before Twin Peaks. Same. So that was a great discovery. Um, but yeah, they're they're wonderful. Yeah. And well, again, I, I mean... The... Oh, go sorry, ahead, Mel. Nope. I was just going to say I love the lyrics because mm-hmm. it, I immediately just flash back to those ladies in that bikini photo, though. For me, that's what I was thinking of. I mean... <laughs> to which I watched part? This, <laughs> I watched the down. sun yellow... Oh. No, well, no. <laughs> if you're so inclined, I watched the yellow, the sun, the yellow sea. and brown, sinking to suns in every town. Uh, my angel sings down to me. She's somewhere on the shore waiting for me with her wet hair and sandy gown. Anyway, it just reminds me of somebody at the beach or a kid at the, a baby at the shore. Ooh, in a <laughs> sailor costume. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. I was also going to bring up some of the lyrics. There's one line. There's a lot of friends I'll never meet. For me, that has the same bittersweetness that the entire run of The Return has. Like, that is also an encapsulating line for me where it's just like, oh, it's just almost there, but it's not. It's, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Always a great pick at the Roadhouse to end the episode. And I did want to mention, since Coral brought this up last week, we have been failing to mention the dedications of these episodes. So... It, the mm-hmm. episode uh, episode one was dedicated to Catherine Coulson. Episode two was Frank Silva. And then for episode three, we have Don Davis and Miguel Ferrer, which is kind of a real sad note to end things on, but yeah. felt like we had to bring it up. Yeah. So I hate it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> That's a yeah, they did a they did a really good job of making note of those, especially when it was like first appearances yeah. for a, a character in an episode. I don't want to say I enjoyed seeing it, but I I think it's a nice touch. I'm glad it I'm is. glad that they included those. Yeah, really really yeah. nice. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that is the end of the main part of the episode. So obviously we're going to head into our spoiler slash connection section. But before we do that, talking backwards, where can people find you and what's coming up for the show? If you can kind of share anything. You can find us on Instagram at Talking Backwards Pod. We are on Twitter at Talking Backward. We've got a Patreon with all kinds of goodies. Patreon.com slash Talking Backwards. If you sign up, you can get a shout out from the Egg Deviler himself. That's Tyler. Tyler, you want to talk about that? Nope. Great. Can we throw in a little half-ass talk about here? <laughs> I'm surprised you guys didn't have uh, Dave send in a clip of him doing well, this. Well, Dave, I know we should have. We should have. Dave does have a. Uh, so Dave does have two sign-offs. Thank you for letting me send in my thoughts and talking points. I will say that Patrick and Tyler put up very little resistance for me to not be able to come on the show. Uh, I think one idea was pitched for me to be on, and then it was never brought up again. So if you have any concerns for them, you can just address it to under the bus. Patrick and Tyler, your move. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, love Damn Fine TV. And of course, love talking backwards. No ill blood there. Uh, thanks for having us. And I hope that uh, this isn't completely weird to have me not be there and to just send some thoughts. And I hope it sparked some neat ideas and conversation. Thanks, guys. Bye, Dave.
Yeah, Dave, thanks for throwing us under the bus, just like Tyler threw me and Dave under the bus on another podcast. Anyway. uh, Hopefully you'll get your chance one day, Patrick. Well, Dave, it was so nice to hear your voice still on the episode. Thanks for sending in those clips. And Tyler, Patrick, thank you for joining us. Of course. You're all going to join us in the spoiler slash connection section before we get there. If you enjoyed the show, won't you please rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform? I think you can also do that on Spotify now. So just come with your pocket full of stars and drop them all on Damn Fine TV, please. You know what? Come with two pockets full of stars and please give some to Talking Backwards as well. All right? Yeah. Please. I got a pocket, got a pocket full of gold stars. I got a pocket full of Hawthorns. (laughs) You can find us on Instagram at TV. We are sometimes over at Twitter, but if you really want to hang and get our attention, you're going to look us up on Instagram. I am at Superficial Mel's. And I am at Damn Fine Witch. And we are also hanging out over on Patreon, patreon.com slash TV. Lots of fun things happening. You know the score. You know the drill. We've said it many times before, but come hang out with us. And for anyone not joining us in the spoiler slash connection section, we will see you next week for part four. And we are back in the spoiler slash connection section. All right. So do we want to play Dave's clips first or? Yeah, let's start with Dave's. Maybe you thought I forgot there was a spoiler section, but guess what? I'm back, baby. (laughs) I said goodbye, but I'm back with more. Let's talk about the mob zone and the sea around it. I still live with this theory that Judy is somehow a water-based entity or at least a low gravity entity. Uh, If you look at the scene from part eight where we see her being sort of uh, called in or created, however you want to look at it, her motion is very low gravity or underwater, sort of like she's floating toward you. And even the, the weird spew that she produces is very low gravity and almost like it's moving underwater, uh, complete with bubbles around that same idea in this episode in part three uh, aside from the the mob zone where judy maybe lives or touches base being surrounded by water also in the red room the table that the jade ring sits on has a base that is a seashell could be nothing could be a lot something to think about under the Ooh, sea. I like that he said that about the um base of the table because mm-hmm. i took note of that and i just chalked it really up to it being like Ugh, like old construction type that, that doesn't make any sense it looks it like does. a wave more to me than a seashell but it's it very makes art me think deco of like, it's a specific yeah, like style yeah, yeah. Hmm. but even That's, if it was a wave it was still subscribed yeah to that. for sure that makes me feel better about calling the stuff at the beginning sort of a purple smoke because it does remind me a lot of whatever judy spits out or whatever that thing spits out yeah. in part eight so yeah, and I mean the there's also part eight connections um with where we see the giant lives or resides mm-hmm. or the fireman with Senorita Dido because you see the camera hover over that same I assume the same purple sea to go up to where they are. Yeah. 
Um, and then we also see like the thimble, more thimbles, like mm-hmm. yeah. that we see with the giant and with uh, here in the mom's zone in part three. Yeah. So I mean, there's tons of connections there. Yeah, uh, hmm. tons between part three and part eight for sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like do the do is that traveling up to a different space like where they live, or is it all in the same? I don't know. I have no idea. Like the convenience store. Mm-hmm. Like when they go up and out to the bosomy woman. Right. Yeah. Right. Bosomy woman. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just doesn't doesn't add up. Right. It's cool. Yep. But yeah, it doesn't like make sense. Mm-mm. Not in a logical <laughs> way, that's for sure. Yes. Yeah. Not within relative physics as we know yeah. it. What else you got, Dave? After Noido throws the lever and is blasted off into the void. I think the next time we see her is outside of Jackrabbit's palace. So if Cooper had jumped off the box after Nido, would he have ended up at Jackrabbit's palace right there with her? Yes. Yeah, it makes you wonder if that was like, if, if I mean, obviously we would have no Dougie story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's also That's like, is it about the bunny? Right. No. <laughs> just, just, yes. <laughs> A That's bunny, a really bunny in the forest. I, like I feel like yeah, if you just jumped off, he missed several opportunities to cut things short and took yes. the longest possible route. Yeah, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, first of all, the obvious fact that there just would be, I guess, less of a story in that way. But it's like he had to take that particular journey to get to where he was going. Like, I don't think they're we could sit around and be mm-hmm. like, oh, he could have jumped off this or he could have done this. He could have done that. But like this yeah. was the specific set of things that he was supposed to follow. But yeah, he could have went through socket 15 and sure. come out of part 15. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so nothing yes. he does matters because <laughs> everything is predetermined. I actually really do kind of side with that. Like, I kind of think that I've said this before. Like, I think Cooper's path has been faded since the very beginning. I I think other forces are moving him around. So. So if he hadn't even just answered this call for Twin Peaks. His life would have been perfect. I think he was I think he was fated to answer that call. And I think that he's done a journey where he did not answer it. And I think he's done a journey where he did jump off the top of that thing. And I think he's done a journey where he did go through number 15. Listen, I think he's done it all. He's like Mario. Every time he he jumps on a toadstool, he's got to start all back over again. You just need to make some video, Patrick, where he jumps off that void. Yeah, and then just jumps straight to the end, and he's like, "What year is this? <laughs> what year is this? Where am I? <laughs> Maybe he did yeah. that. Maybe he did that." I'll just, I'll just overdub instead of Andy with Nido. He'll just be like, "Agent Cooper, is it really you?" Yes. And then he's carrying, he's carrying Cooper through the woods. <laughs> Perfect. Oh. Naked Cooper, though. Naked I'll, Cooper only. Nooper. Well, only accept because you apparently lose your clothes when you fall through space and end up at Jack Rabbit's palace. I mean, that makes sense. In the addict mother's house, there is a balloon behind her during the 119 shot. Uh, Tulpas pop like balloons. Old news, Dave. Anything else? (laughs) 
been should've, there. Should have been here, Dave. <laughs> no, I love that nobody's going to see this, but it's just that he's waiting a slight second for like thoughts before the Yeah, and he goes, and he, he says, he goes, anything there? And he's like, <laughs> what do you think? That was my favorite because you just hear Tyler go, old news, Dave. And he goes, is there anything there? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm dying. Okay. <laughs> Bless his heart. That'll teach him not to show up. That's <laughs> right. I'm just joking. You're not joking. <laughs> After Dougie is changed out for Cooper, he leaves behind quite a bit of Garmin Boja. Also, when the uh, Tulpa pops in the Red Room, it looks like there might be a sort of charred head shape that sort of vomits the gold ball or the seed and if you look closely it could be a mass of compacted Garmin Boja like we see after Boop's defeat at the hands of Freddy surrounding the fiery hole. Uh, the, The substance looks similar to me but this could just be reaching. I'll have to put a pin in that until we watch that episode again because I haven't yeah. like I couldn't tell you that substance. But him saying mm. this charred Garmambosia, which is corn. So really that thing in the mm-hmm. lodge was popcorn. Just burnt popcorn at the bottom of the bag. <laughs> yeah, gold kernel. I'm I'm very happy it's that he has the to Garmambosia. That's a very damn fine TV Boja. thing. Yeah. What else is Boja. it? Garmambosia. Yeah. Just a very like is flat it? Z. Yeah. Oh, I was so fancy. No, you've we always fancy. said Garmin Boja, and I just hopped on that train because it made oh. us way cooler. <laughs> okay, that's all my uh, eccentric flair coming through. <laughs> Dave. So I want to talk about the symbol for Judy and how it relates to part three. It could be an alien. It could be an ant. Or maybe even a rabbit. Alien ant farm. <laughs> Is it, in fact, about the bunny? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. I think it's about alien ant farm. <laughs> oh, Annie, are you okay? I was just going to say, don't okay? they do a version Annie, of Annie, are you okay? Annie. Yeah, see? There you go. Okay. I like that it could be about, it could be a bunny, because it doesn't like bunny ears hanging down of a very large head. Jackrabbit's palace. Hmm. Is it about the bunny? It's a little bit well, about Jack the bunny, Rabbit's right? Jackrabbit's palace. Like, it's definitely about the bunny, yeah. actually. Because it's all about Jack Rabbit's palace. So at least a little bit, yeah. Rabbit. We call them buffoons, mm. but they what if, probably had the answers the whole time. <laughs> what if the symbol was always referring to Jack Rabbit's palace and it's just a, a, a Jack Rabbit? Yes, symbol. because he does go there, right? Mr. C does go there. Yeah. He goes there, yeah, but you see the symbols on the papers from uh, from Garland Briggs, who, mm-hmm. and that's what leaves them. There. Yeah. Uh, that was all from Dave. <laughs> oh, those were great. Thank you so those much, were Dave. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Those Thanks, were really Dave. good. Thanks, uh, Dave. There is a guy that comes up to uh, Mr. D when he's at the casino. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he's just like, he's like, you broke it, broke it real good. Like, you broke it, you broke it real good. Mm-hmm. And then it just reminds me of Tyler quoting Sonny Jim towards the end of the series when. Cooper is away and he's driving. <laughs> he's like, Dad drives real yes. good. <laughs> but 
but it was just the way Tyler said it in our episode that made me laugh. Mr. D is real good. <laughs> yeah. Notice too, again, just with like everything, just paying attention to all the awesome sounds, especially in like the first 20 minutes. Uh, the sounds when uh, we see the outlet in Boop's car, it's the exact same sound from the woodsman saying got a light like exactly mm, the same sort mm-hmm. of electrical noise i was just sitting there listening to it and i was like this is exactly just the same noise so it's just kind of cool. yeah that's mostly it. the other things i wrote down we already touched on we i worked them in Ooh. elsewhere consensually okay. i hope <laughs> okay yeah, i, I have go with me on this all right let's take the journey i never make sense of these parts but that's my brain and how it works so I grew up, this shouldn't be surprising to anyone, next to a nuclear power oh, How plant, life works. Okay. <laughs> um, and the top of the room that everyone calls a thimble or a dome or a bell, mm-hmm. well, the way it looks to me is like when you're on the inside of the towers in a nuclear power plant. Because I have been on the inside of one. We took one on a high school field trip. And they what? have all the gauges. They have a yeah, well, nothing was in it. It was an old, like a no longer in use. Oh yeah. Tower. I forgot when they close, all yeah. the radiation just stops. Well, it doesn't. No, that's why I said there shouldn't be any surprise as to why I'm the way that I am. We took a high school two places we went my senior year to the Georgia Power Abandoned Nuclear tubes oh. into the central state mental hospital for a tour okay i should tell you everything you need to know okay um so that's but the gauges that's and a good good america education <laughs> right so much context <laughs> for my southern. i mean i can't help it central state look it up it's a very famous mental institution i had two great aunts that were nurses there and they Oh. told me some very horrific things yeah, and it was not good. So they closed it to that type of thing and um, they do some other kind of work there now. But anyway, um, so what I'm trying to get at is it would just be great if that was somehow nuclear. We know it's electrical related, but if it was somehow nuclear related, because obviously we have what happens in part eight. Plus in this episode, we get the picture of the nuclear blast and gordon's office so i'm just a fan in my own head of that somehow also being the inside of a nuclear power plant. Hmm. <laughs> well Ta-da! i love that and i would have never known that because i never took a school field trip to a closed <laughs> nuclear plant and I, I don't know how many people would know that that's what <laughs> it looks like so that's a great insight yeah Okay, the only other thing that I had to write when I said, let me write this down, was I'm okay. Now I'm just convinced that whoever that is in that room is Ronette's Tulpa doppelganger. Mm-hmm. And like, like what you I, I'm just not going to be convinced of anything else. So why Cooper doesn't know who she is, I have no idea. Yeah, that's all I have oh, though. I don't think I have too much more. I did mention the whole thing about like, oh, yeah, so Sycamore Street, the Great Northern Key, you can go out now. That's like the beginning of people wondering, well, is this the thing that will snap Cooper out of it? Meanwhile, we had the clues all along right in front of us. Like he didn't go through the part 15 socket, but that's when he's going to put the knife or not the knife, but the fork in the socket. Yeah. The only other thing is kind of just building upon this theory that I have that. 
Cooper has done this many times before, that the meeting with the giant in part one is more of, or actually we know him as the fireman in the spoiler section, is a warning. And this, for the first time on this watch, I saw all the glitching that's happening in the Mauve Zone as all of the different times that Cooper has been there being overlaid with one another. And we're seeing like all of the times that he has tried this sort of trying to like compete for space with one another in a sense. So I'm not going any further with that yet, but that's just another <laughs> layer of that theory. So I love that. I like that a lot. Well, anything else? I mean, there is. Well, for tons. Sure. But Diane's a tulpa. <laughs> Diana is a tulpa. Yeah. Diana is a tulpa. Leland did it. Okay. Leland did it. All right. Well, that was awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. This has been a blast as always. Thanks for having us. And hopefully we'll have you back for another part in this return. Yeah. And hopefully Dave can make it this next time. So, yeah. That's true. Dave's too busy off making memes to. Mm-hmm. I am not. Mm-hmm. If listeners, you can hear this. If I in my lifetime find out that a talking backwards podcast <laughs> I fucking member asked them. is a Calendar Peaks, I will never speak. I will go guilty remnant and never Let's speak. Let's do for our the rest outro because I got to get these guys off the record. All right. So yeah. I can promise you it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, if that's all for this week, we've got to catch our flight to the Black Hills of South Dakota. Yes, we're flying first class on Socket to Me Airways. Smells, hope you packed the Valium. <laughs> Have you ever eaten moldy chocolate? The tardigrade? I'm Jasmine. I swear on Satan, I'll do that. Yeah. That's uh, my head cannon. Okay. Into it, into it, into it, into it. All of it. I'm Mel's. I love it. Dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and if you're watching TV, I love it. Make sure it's damn fine TV. This is amazing. That's, that was awesome. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. <laughs>